Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NBA playoffs. We talk about some of our surprises, some of our disappointments, what needs to be done to right the ship for some of these teams that are still in the playoffs. Um, of course, there's a Game 7 playing on right now with uh, Houston and OKC. We're also going to get touched on the coronavirus, of course, and how it's affecting the NCAA college football teams. So we're going to get into a little bit of that as well. My co-host, Ace and Swoove, join me on Guys Talking Sports, and that begins right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. We appreciate all the love, support out there for everyone following us. We say thank you. Again, this is now September the 2nd, and we still got a lot to talk about what's going on in the world of sports. Even though there's so much that's going on, we're going to get into what we need to talk about, and there's so much to talk about. For right now, i got my co-host with me, Ace and Smooth. What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? Here. Yeah. It's Thursday. Well, hold up. It's Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, beside myself, you know, trying to, I'm trying to run to the uh, to the holiday weekend. But I'm like, I ain't got to work this weekend. But you know, I'm just trying to run to the holiday weekend. <laughs> you ain't got to work this weekend. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. You said you do or don't. I do. Oh, oh I'm about to say you don't. don't. I'm about to say party at Ace's spot. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, if y'all want to party, come Sunday night. You know, I'm off on Monday. <laughs> I hear that. I'm doing well. Just a little tired. Been dealing with a migraine the last couple of days, but or a sinus headache, one of the two. But still here. That's good, man. That's good. So we got a lot to talk about. I know that <laughs> for a fact that there's a playoffs game going on right about now, <clears throat> and we're in the closing seconds of the Miami Milwaukee series, a uh, game two. I'm not going to say the score or anything like that, but we're in the closing seconds. Um, but we will say that Miami did win game one against the Miami-Milwaukee series. Um, there's a lot of moving on in the next second round. So let's get right to it. So with Milwaukee losing this first game, and by the looks of things, they may lose game two. The question I have is, just out of curiosity, who – at this stage, are you surprised of in the NBA playoffs? Um, or you could be disappointed or surprised um, either way. But what is most you find most intriguingly intrigued in these in these playoffs so far? Uh, for me, it's probably was the Utah and Denver series, which was fire last night. Um, and how it ended the, the, the last, you know, few possessions. Um, you know, it was like nail biter right on the edge of your seat. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell, I think, you know, the, I mean, he had a phenomenal series. It's just that that last two possessions really just overshadows everything with him, you know, dribbling the ball, having a bad kind of turnover and then kind of laying back and then not doing anything. And then when the ball's coming down the court, um, he's on the other end of the court um, waiting for Connolly to kind of pass him with, what, a 1.2 seconds left, even if Connolly would have got him a, a, a shotgun pass right in the pocket. 
question is, would he have made it or not? And then people are saying, well, you know, Connolly, you know, should have been the one taking that shot. Well, then Donovan Mitchell should have been the one trying to get closer to him to give him a better lane or try to initiate to get the ball. If he would have ran up closer when he had the two defenders um, next to him, he could have easily got the ball, went for a quick jumper, you know, an elbow jumper, you know, at the top of the key. Maybe he would have got an easy layup, but they wanted a three to win the game instead of a two to tie So, to me, um, it was that series. Um, you know, both um, Mitchell and um, uh, I can't think of the, um, uh, his name's slipping right off the top of my tongue. Um, from um, Denver. Oh, uh, uh, Jamal. Jamal Murray. Murray. Yes. Murray. Yeah. They lit it up. Um, they both lit it up in that series. And um, I think surprisingly, that was the one series that was probably the most entertaining out of all the series. I think. Um, Two young gunners, baby. Huh? Mm-hmm. Two young gunners. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers and Trailblazers, you kind of knew what it was. Trailblazers gave them that first game. I think that was a wake-up call. Everything else has been kind of going as is. But that Jazz and Nuggets game, I think it's a, hopefully it's a telltale sign of what these two young teams can do. Hell, they've got, you know, between them, they had the last, you know, top five picks over the last couple of years. So it was bound to strike gold with some folks. But um, um, that was probably the most interesting series out of so far in the first round. I have to agree. Um I also like the uh, the Dallas uh, Dallas. What the hell did Dallas play? Dallas uh, and the Clippers. Yes, the Dallas and Clippers game. Uh, I'm not saying that if uh, Porzingis would have been healthy, would the outcome would have been different. But Porzingis being there would have been a bigger presence than what it was currently with just Luca. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say that Luca is the truth. If Luca made this jump in year two, I can only imagine what the hell he's going to do in year three. And, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, LeBron and uh, Steph and all these jokers. You might as well just go ahead and get that mantle ready because I think Luca's ready to take that mantle and, and run with it because that, that dude is just – if Dallas goes ahead and gets one more piece – just one dynasty because I think they would have destroyed the Clippers if you had a healthy uh, Przingis and uh, Dallas uh, Clippers is playing who the next round? Uh, Utah? The winner of the, you know, well, now it's Denver. Denver, Denver they're going to be playing Denver. Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have killed, they would have killed Denver by far. If, if Przingis would have came back healthy, I think they they would have killed Denver, and honestly, if they would have met the Lakers in the uh, in the championship, LeBron, Luca, Brzingis, uh, uh, Anthony Davis, and then whatever their role players would be, back and forth. I'm not saying Dallas would have won it, but I guarantee they at least took them six or seven games if Brzingis would have been healthy. And everybody else. That, that's just how much faith I have in Dallas. Because I think Przingis mm. not being healthy hindered them a little bit. But obviously, you can see 
Porzingis wasn't the reason why they weren't propelled. Because if they just had one other person just kind of – yeah, I, I mean, yes, granted, yes, he probably was the reason why they didn't make it to the next round. But if they would have had a, a, a third that was able to, to pick up some of the slack that Porzingis would have brought, I think they would have they would have uh, they would have beat the Clippers in five easy, easy. So you completely sold on um, Dallas if um, um, if with a healthy Dallas of making it to the to the Eastern Con- I mean to the Eastern to the Western Conference Finals. If they had a if they had a third, okay. They didn't. They didn't have an established third. And they they had a big two, but they need a third person. They need that. They need whoever. I don't know what that piece is, but they don't have that piece just yet. Because if they had that piece, I think they would have had enough to get past LA, the, mm-hmm. the Clippers. So for me, in the West, it probably would be Dallas, even though they didn't win. Okay. That's fair. Fair. Um. I'm going to say this, um, like, well, as we just witnessed right now, um, I don't know if you caught up with it or not, um, but we just witnessed the fact that Milwaukee, do you want me to say it? Lost? You, you want me to say it or are you still on, you, you want me to hold back? All right, well, let's just do this. Right now. <laughs> they lost. Just say it. They lost. <laughs> I was, yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to see it for yourself or not. So I just wanted to make sure. I thought I thought the game was going to overtime, but obviously I was wrong and I missed the last whatever it was. Yeah, so the last play was basically um they gave the ball to um, Jimmy Butler and he got fouled on a jump shot as time expired. So he ended up having to make two two free throws. And now the series is 2-0 Miami. I still think I still think Milwaukee has a chance. I'm I'm, I'm not saying that I I, I, I will say this. Um, you're right. I do think that they still have a chance, but I'm gonna have to say I'm I'm solely disappointed um, okay. because they they're not playing like their top team in the East. That's for sure. Um, like it's so funny that they had a not really a cakewalk, but to win three four games to one against Orlando and then to come here to fall two zero to Miami, who was a fifth-place team, just shows the improvement of what Miami is doing. And whatever game plan that they have is obviously working because mm-hmm. Milwaukee is now down 0-2. But right. as much as I'm disappointed in Milwaukee, I think that they will find a way to get it together. Um, I was also disappointed. I, I wanted Portland to show more than what they did in that first game. But, of course, when when playing against the Lakers and everything, they lost the next what the next four games? Um, so, um, I, I, I thought that Portland would put up more fight. I'm surprised, to be honest, that you're not talking about the fact that Dame lost and, and, and is out of the playoff series. But I digress. <laughs> I digress. But, but, but once he broke his finger and everything else, I knew they was going to get bounced out. So I wasn't worried about that. <laughs> okay. All right. So, but I do say this. Not only am I disappointed in Milwaukee, I'm also disappointed in the Clippers. Clippers right now, I thought they have more dog and fight into them. Maybe it's because Patrick Beverly is not playing. Could be a, a reason there, factor there. Um, but on all purposes, I think that the Clippers have just as much equal of a chance to showcase what they can do in these playoffs. I'm not writing off Kawhi yet, but Paul George needs to definitely keep his 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 – his game and keep it put it on that level where it needs to be because these past couple of games, 
you know. And, of course, he knows that, but the thing is is that he needs to show and prove. But, so I'm disappointed in both Milwaukee and the Clippers at this stage. And I also think that I'm, – I'm, I'm, I, I, and like I said this earlier before the podcast started, I do think that Houston has provides a better matchup against L.A., against the Lakers. But I really want – my emotions is telling me that I prefer OKC to win the seven-game series, even though I know that they're playing now. Um, I want Chris Paul to, to, to limit – for to get some type of retribution from all the nonsense he dealt with while he was in Houston, and then they ran him out to OKC to get Westbrook there. So I'm not saying it in regards to, you know, I'm not saying I'm a Houston hater or anything like that, but with everything that happened in Houston for Chris Paul, I want him to show and prove what he could do with this team in OKC. Yeah, I'm with you. I think um... – and what's telling is that, at least for the Clippers, I think that the Dallas Mavericks team was just a bad – that was sort of a bad matchup with them. I mean, no one, no one was stopping Luka. He was just getting to wherever he wanted. Whenever he wanted him and Trey Burke was just burning the hell out of him. You know, two, two quote-unquote point guards and shooting guards that move really good with the ball was getting them. And they had – they really had no answer for Porzingis. I mean, yeah, you can put – um you know, Morrison on them and try to get, you know, get physical. But they really had no answer for Luca, and they really didn't have an answer so much for Porzingis. I mean, they had to get physical. They had to kind of rough them up, beat them up. Um, if they make it past the, the, the Nuggets, and I suspect that they will, I think this is probably a little more easier matchup than Dallas Mavericks was. Um, if they get the Clippers, I mean the Lakers, um, they're probably going to have a problem if you get um, – if you get um, AD out there on the perimeter shooting shots, because um, they're going to do exactly what Dallas did. They're going to have Porzingis out there on the perimeter shooting shots and then have LeBron go to the hole. And you saw how the Clippers, the Clippers just aren't playing well. And I think that they did not have enough time to really gel as a unit. I think if, I thought that the um, the layoff and then going into the bubble would hurt the Lakers a little bit more. No, I'm thinking it's hurting the Clippers because they haven't had a solid team to play consistently all year, starting right from the beginning of the season. So they're just still trying to find their pieces. And everybody says, yeah, they'll figure it out. But I'm like, yo, you better start figuring that soon because let's be honest, they got luck Dallas. Yep. Yeah, but to be honest, but yep. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, but to be honest with you, I think that they're still missing um, Patrick Beverly because it shows and proves that if Patrick Be- Beverly was there, I'm wondering if it would have been a different um, outcome in that case with Luca because uh, no other guard can be that defensive dog that can guard a guard like Patrick Beverly. So what what so, was up with Patrick? I'm sorry. I think it was more injured oh. injury. Yeah, they were. Clippers been kind of like injured, people in and out the bubble, not Correct. being able to really gel. Um, if they want to beat the Lakers, and on paper they should, because I think they have the more complete team, everybody got to be ready to ball. Everybody's yeah. got to be ready to go down. If you got Patrick Beverly not not there, you got PJ, you know, Paul George not playing, it's a wrap. They're going to lose. Without question. Be honest, if they don't got them playing now in the second round, Denver could scare them. It will give them a scare. I don't think Denver's going to beat them, but I think they'll probably – I think it might go six. I, to be honest, I if Jamal Murray continues to play like the Jamal Murray that he's been playing these past couple of days, I 
it could change. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. But it seemed like it was Jamal Murray versus uh, Donovan. Uh, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, you know, kind of a one-on-one battle, but I don't know if Jamal Jamal wants to go one-on-one with a Kawhi or one-on-one with a PG uh, because I'm trying to think who's uh, was it Montrez Harrell that will try to sit down and uh, take out the Joker. Um, I think he can. I think he can neutralize him a little bit. I'm not saying he's going to stop him, but I think he's willing. I think he's able to slow him down. Unlike, uh, unlike Utah, I, you would think Gobert would have had a better, a, a better opportunity to slow him down. But I don't know. Is Gobert coming off his high? Is he not that defensive player that he once was, or is Joker really that nice? You know, and I guess that's where, that's I guess that's where it all kind of, uh, kind of plays out. Well, one way or the other, this is definitely going to be a very interesting first, you know, second round. Already is. You got, you know, Milwaukee down 0-2, and they're supposed to be the prohibitive favorites in the East. Um, so, yeah. we're already in game seven with OKC and Houston. I suspect Houston will will squeak this one out. I will be shocked if Houston lose the game seven. Let me ask this. Hmm. If if OKC were were to prevail, is it safe to say that D'Antoni is gone? One. Is it safe to say they'll break up? Uh, uh, they'll break up uh, Harden and Westbrook, or would they keep the two of them and try to bring another uh, coach in? Be honest. <clears throat> if. If Houston was to lose this Game 7 series, yes, D'Antoni is gone, without question. Um, at this stage, I mean, he's already one foot out the door. There's already talks about um, in you know, the Pacers are interested in him. So if if this happens, I mean, it's just, a, it's, it's just foreseeable that D'Antoni will be gone. Um, you know what, though? Hold that thought for a second. Sure. I understand that D'Antoni is a – is a is a good coach. Uh-huh. I just don't understand how franchises consider continue to give this Joker a job, but he didn't do shit. <laughs> I was about to say the exact same thing. I'm, he didn't I'm do nothing. I'm going <laughs> to explain to you why, because he may have not done anything in the playoffs, but the regular season, this offense proves. I mean, I, it's about what you have done for me lately. And what he's done with Houston, the times that he's been there as coach, is brought them completely to the playoffs, um, where there was at least a top seed there. Each team that he brought, each Houston Rockets team that he brought, it was under a different point guard. Um, it was Russell Westbrook. It was Chris Paul. It was James Harden with um, Dwight Howard. So it was different versions of the team, but yet they all got to the same level. Now, maybe it was probably because of James Harden, which is one of the reasons why he was MVP or in the running for MVP, but it was basically the offense suited around James Harden. The reason why Indiana has a, a <clears throat> has a, a, a um, interest in him is because the Pacers' offense is an old-school offense. 
they want to do they want to get to that point where they're moving the ball a lot quicker pushing the pace and d'antoni's system is best known to fit what they're looking for not excuse me not saying that you know other teams may not may not you know have interest in them but from what I'm told, the Pacers are the only team right now that has interest in Dantoni because his system would would um, completely change whatever it is that's working. I mean, they got going right now. So, but and I was about to say, and if that be the case, and on which age, I understand why this guy always can seem to find because he did nothing in Houston, he did nothing in New York, and where is he at prior to that? L.A. Did nothing there. So it'll, it'll be like inheriting, and I hate to say his name because my team currently has him as an offensive coordinator. It'd be like a Jason Garrett, eight and eight, wherever you go. And I really hate saying that because he's, he's an offensive coordinator for the New York football giants. But <sighs> yeah, I, I, I don't understand it. Like, I just don't get why he's such a wildly popular coach. Like, he ran, he ran metal into the ground. He trying to run hard into the ground. And he was running the whole squad into the ground when he was in L.A. Yep. And, and you see Kobe got, got rid of his ass quick. Was it, was it under his watch where he blew out his ACL? Oh, that's a good question. That is a very good question. I, I think he was gone by that point. Maybe. I'm going to have to check that, but I believe Dan, Dan Antonio was the coach when he ran him into the ground, you know, playing him high minutes, you know, you know, at that age when he didn't need to. But then again, you know, who's going to tell Kobe not to go out there and run and gun and shoot? But still, I agree with you. Dan Tony still gets a job, and he's done Jack's shit exactly. where he's been. I mean, he didn't know better than Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson to go to state to the playoffs. <laughs> his his biggest indictment for me and, and you know there's all going to fall on James Harden but his biggest indictment to me is what was it three years ago when or maybe three years ago when he had game seven in Houston and he had the Golden State Warriors dead to rights dead to rights and they and he, and he let him off the hook they had him down let him off the hook. Let Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and the, and the boys come back, wet the bed, and he made no in-game adjustments. Just a few in-game adjustments to keep the, the Golden State Warriors from that comeback. Game seven in Houston, Golden State Warriors down, and he wet the bed. That's to what me, led um, Durant to the Golden State after that. Was it that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no. No. That was the year before. Year before. So Durant stayed around for one more year. Yeah, because when they they beat they they um the Golden State Warriors beat OKC um in the Western Conference Finals, they came back down three to one and then turned around and got beat, you know themselves, you know three to one from um the um the Cavaliers. And then that's when Durant came to the squad. Right, 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 right. <clears throat> but I, I, I will say this: um, it's all about what have you done for me lately? When they're 
picking their their coaches. Um, so the record speak, is going to speak for itself. And to be honest, there's so many teams out there that has availability for head coaches. So it's gonna he's gonna have his he's gonna have his 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 moment. So that all depends on what happens on this game. So. Like I said, if, if OKC wins this game, then, yeah, D'Antoni is out without question. So let me ask you this question, fellas. If there has been some talk about it, I don't I, – me, I have my opinion about it, but the Greek freak, if they lose this series or Betty gets swept, mm. um, do you think um, the Greek freak stays around? Or does he leave? I would hope, and I say this with a with a grain of salt, but I would hope that he would stick around and try to lure one other player to come with him because Chris Middleton is not bad. He just ain't showed up at all in this entire playoffs. But if they had one more legit shooter, and maybe DiVincenzo will show up next season, and maybe some of the young gunners that they got will show up, but they damn sure ain't show up in this playoffs. And Kyle Corver, loving to death, but he's just old. <laughs> you know, it's just time for look. Let's call a spade a spade. I mean, he's he's been around. The man's a, he's he's a sharp shooter, but you need you need some young gunners, man. Um, he needs an experienced point guard. He needs, but he needs some more youth around him, <clears throat> proven youth. And I think that he'll be all right, you know, because he's going to be able to lead his team to where he needs to go. But he, he needs to make sure that he got he has somebody can knock down a J when they need a J knockdown. And they also need somebody, you know, that's a Chris Middleton type that if Chris Middleton don't show up, at least somebody else will kind of show up <clears throat> in, his, in his place. But in today's NBA, they're already talking about this joker going to Miami, so I don't know. <laughs> but what and he's a free agent after this year at that that's the sad part so it's like he just walks and Milwaukee gets nothing and they're back in the abyss for the next he did, they just gotta hope the next uh, the next Octavio uh, Kumbo I can't say his name right his brother better show up and be that next man <laughs> so that uh, you know he can carry that mantle because I, I, I hope and pray that you know he sticks around but it wouldn't shock me at least if he ended up in Miami or wherever else they talking about him going. I even heard the possibility of going to state. But see, this is what we talked about in regards to the same thing over and over again about everybody <clears throat> wanting, preferring people, superstars to go to different teams. Like, it's still a small market team. Like, I don't see any reason why. And to be honest, this is what you said before, Ace, about, you know, um, Giannis was saying that, you know, he would want to stay in Milwaukee, you know, want to build. He want people to come there. He don't want to go to a super team. This is what he was talking about in the past. So <clears throat> with all that being said, I'm thinking that this is just more media hype. Um, I think that I, I think that reporters would prefer him to go to a place um, instead of him bringing people in. Um, they want to go to. They want them to go to preferred destinations to try and build up this thing about this super team concept. And to be honest, I'm, I will say this: if he does do that, by any means, if he leaves Milwaukee at this point, then 
basically everything that he was saying in the past is just was just all talk. Um, hopefully, he would want to build it in Milwaukee, um, but I believe that the media wants him to go. It seems as though the media always want certain players to go to certain destinations, whether it's Miami, whether it's Golden State, whether it's the Lakers, whether it's the Clippers, whether it's New York, whether it's always like those big market teams. And <clears throat> the problem is, is that, you know, just like with Jimmy Butler, they were saying that before about going to Brooklyn, where going to the Lakers, he should go to this, he should go to that. And, you know, eventually he ended up in Miami. But the point is, is that this is all what media and sports reporters want them to, to go to, the preferred destination, preferred teams. But, you know, Giannis could build what he can. To be honest, he could turn a super team in Milwaukee. He only just needs one more piece. So why go through him going through other locations? Like, it doesn't make sense. There's, he already has technically a super team there with himself, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. Like you said, Ace, he just needs a piece or two um, that provides more of a scoring. Um, <clears throat> or um, big enough, I mean, or um, 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 not shortening, but um, upgrading at the bench. That would probably be enough to help them because they do they do need some upgrades on the bench side of things. So all he needs is a couple of more pieces to make it more relevant to get him to get past the, the actual regular season and into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that he kind of stays too and tries to help build up that market. If I was the Milwaukee Bucks, I'd be trying to go over there and and, and maybe go to Toronto and try to and try to swindle Fred Van Fleet out of there um he's looking for another contract nothing's been done yet yo um, they really need to pay him that would like, be all jokes all jokes aside, to be honest i would not be surprised if they make it like if they take look for offers for a cow um and move fan fleet up into the starting rotation i would not be surprised who um oh um the rap kyle lowry yep try to move kyle, kyle lowry and move in and, and see what they – I wouldn't be surprised if they look for offers for Kyle and see what they can get and move um, Land Fleet up to the starting role. If Milwaukee was silly, if you can't get Van Fleet, why not get Lowry? Why not? No, nah, but, I mean, Bledsoe does the same thing. Yeah. Bledsoe does you the same what? exact thing. I forget about Bledsoe. Yeah, yeah. If, 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 if I was them, if I had the choice, I would go after – I would try to give um, Van Fleet. Yeah, without question. Without question. So I'm just saying. Would you do a swap for Bledsoe and, Van, uh, and uh, Kyle Lowry? No, the numbers. I don't know if the numbers of uh, the numbers will work out, but to be honest, Kyle. I mean, Bledsoe it, right now would be a better fit than Kyle Lowry. Just in my opinion, uh, from a youth, from age, um, factor. I think that. He fits them um, because he knows their role. So when it wouldn't make sense to to swap for Kyle Lowry if they're in this like they play like the same type of style. So I could see that being I don't see that being a a, a thing. But they definitely need to upgrade that bench. Um, Milwaukee needs to definitely do that without question. Yeah. Shooters, they don't have they don't have consistent knockdown shooters. Yeah, they they need that. I mean, um, I'm like I said, I'm hoping that Giannis stays. I think that he will, um, or maybe he might do a um, Kevin Durant. Where he'll do a you know a two and one, where he'll sign for a two year contract with the one year optional to kind of 
you know, force the Bucks to be like, look, I'm a, I want to stay, but you got to, you know, get some pieces around me or I will walk. Yeah, I can see that too. I can see them. I can see them. I, I, to be honest, I think that would be perfect for them to do a two year, two and one, two and one year. I think that would be ideal because then he'll know where he stands. And then if it doesn't work out, at least he'd say he tried. But I think that would be ideal for him. Definitely. There's no, there's no such thing as loyalty in the NBA anymore. That's for damn sure. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like it'd be much more. That's why you should never say stuff like what you say. Like yeah. I built my home here. I've, I'm going to, you know, do my best, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like same thing with Westbrook. He built this home there in OKC, but he eventually wanted to get traded and ended up going to Houston. So, like, you never say that you, you know, you never. Say that you 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 want to be here and you want to stay here. You want to be here for life, you know, because you never know what can happen. And then if your mindset is at a point where I want to win championships and it's not working out at the team that you're currently in, then it may be time for you to move elsewhere. Well, I can I I honestly believe that uh, Westbrook probably would have stayed in OKC if he thought they were doing everything that they could possibly do to put the best team around him. And I think they were trying. But I guess the management just kind of realized it's like, you know what? The hell with it. But here's the thing. <laughs> right now, he's playing that same team. They just did a swap with the point guard. So if OKC beats Houston, that should be a telling thing for yourself. Like, if Paul, if Chris Paul can beat you, that you're in Houston with, the trade that you wanted to be a part of, the trade that you wanted to make, to get you out of OKC to Houston. If that same team that you couldn't win against, that you couldn't win with, beats you with Chris Paul, that should be telling. You get my point? Not I, mean, I, I agree with you, but Chris Paul and, and, and Westbrook are two different totally players. But my, but my point is that you're telling, like, if you're West, like, if you're saying, like, hey, you know, I need to, I can't do it with this team. You know, I need to go to a team where I know that I can get to the playoffs and do what I need to do. So you're telling me that this team can't get you there, but yet it can get Chris Paul into the playoffs. And not only that, with an opportunity to beat you out of the playoffs. So the problem was, you know, was it OKC or was the problem really with you, Westbrook? And and that's where I'm coming from. Like, you're putting – this is – like, you're, you, you're saying all this, and now, you know – they, this is destined right here. So you're playing your final game in game seven against the team that you left previously because this team couldn't get you anywhere further, but yet it, Chris Paul could take this team and now he's gotten them, you know, into a game seven against you. If you can't beat this team, you, you get my point? I got you. I got you. And then what that tells me is that two things. It tells me that Number one, that Russell Westbrook couldn't do it, but Chris Paul can't. But it also tells me that Chris Paul, if he's able to lead this team, and then what he did with when he was with James Harden in Houston, like this is like it's 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 funny, but it's like literally like telling in all sense of the word. The end of this game is going to tell a lot. Bottom line. Uh, yeah. If OKC wins, then my opinion. The issue is not necessarily with either Chris Paul or um, Westbrook. Mm. Harden. Mm. The only common denominator in there. 
But no, I, th I think that has something to do with Westbrook too. Because Westbrook from an OKC standpoint, you know, uh, Chris Paul is more a facilitator. He knows how to take big shots, but he also knows, you know, knows how to get the rest of his team involved. Versus when Westbrook was with OKC, he thought in order for them to win, he needed to do a triple-double every night. You know, and a triple-double meaning, you know, 20-plus, 30-plus points, triple-double per night. Versus Chris Paul giving you 18, 12, and, and, and 6, but letting the rest of the team around him at OKC kind of lift him up. But Harden, in another sense, you know, yeah, Harden is just it just it just makes you wonder if if all of them would have just kept their ego in check, how many how many damn championships would OKC have right about now? <laughs> Maybe at least one. But to be honest, it's not that it's not I, I, I never blamed them um with their egos. It was more management because they ain't do what they need to do to get the job done. That's just my opinion. Yeah, they lowballed they lowballed Harden and and he walked, and he got paid in Houston to be the man, and he's been been paid to be the man. It's just that him being the man has not worked. But they couldn't afford to pay him, KD, and Westbrook all to be the man on the same team. Yes, they well, could. they yeah, they, they could have. I mean, they weren't they offering they weren't offering Harden the max because he was still the six man coming off the bench. But they were they could have offered him a little bit more than what they gave him. It's just the fact that Houston came in and just offered them a boatload of money. Way over, way over market price. I mean, he, he proved to be a, a good buy. <laughs> well, yeah, he put, he, he put, um, you know, you know, you know, butts in the seats, filled up, you know, the stands and arena, which is what they wanted. So they got all the marketing, and everything. I mean, he did everything that they want as far as, you know, selling out stands, bringing people to the arenas, making the Houston Rockets money, his style of play was just not conducive to winning a championship with him as being the primary ball handler and playing like he plays under D'Antoni's system, which is basically run and shoot. Right. But we can talk more about the NBA playoffs. This is going to be continuing on for a while. Um, We'll see the the end. We'll see the end result of this game seven between OKC and Houston, um, but we will talk more about that <laughs> next week. Um, let's get into some some other sports that's going on. Um, Frenette is <laughs> now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer after he just signed a deal to become a part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster. So Wait guys, didn't, didn't Shady McCoy sign with them too, or is that somebody else? Nope, he yep. with Correct. Sh well, Shady, you're, you're, you're on the bench. <laughs> so, let, yeah, so let, let me get your thoughts in, regar in regards to that. All situational at this point now. <laughs> but, yes, I think they can use Shady as a trade piece. But he just got there, didn't he? Yeah, I don't think they're going to do it now. They'll probably try to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he just got there, but shit, anything's possible. I, I don't know. I never seen. I don't think I never seen a person that just got signed didn't get traded like that following month. I'm shocked that Fournette went to Tampa and not New England. There's more love of Brady than the Patriots. But there's, <laughs> I, I I get what you're saying, but there's no. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> 
Well, Brady, well, Brady in, in, in New England, um, the thought process is anybody going there, it's like you, you deal with Bill Belichick for a season, you're guaranteed at least getting to the AFC Championship game, if not the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But in Tampa? We'll see. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Exactly. And we're not I'm and I'm not knocking anything on Brady, but as far as we know, from what we've seen from quarterbacks that come out of New England and then they go to other teams, they tend to be system quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo, when he went to 49ers, he rode that high. Then he, the following season, he was coming down, then he got hurt. And then now they're just, you know, any pundit that you listen to on any network would sit there and say, I don't really believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, he's a good quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback. I'm not saying that Tom is not a great quarterback. I'm just saying, how would he excel in somebody else's system that's not Belichick? And if we're going to set the bar, then the bar has to be set off of Jameis Winston's last year. Unfortunately, he still threw them 30-something interceptions, but he still threw for like 36 touchdowns, but he threw for over 5,000 yards. So, and that's James Winston. So Brady got to come in at least throwing for 40-something touchdowns and 15 interceptions mm-hmm. at a minimum at 4,000 yards to say it's successful because you had Winston that threw for 5,000 yards. And just unfortunately, he just threw a lot. He was a gunslinger and just threw a lot of goddamn uh, interceptions. Did you did you hear them stats? I mean, you you throw that out. Let's take away how many interceptions did he hit? Did he did he throw thirty something? Unfortunately, <laughs> and how many and how many touchdowns did he did, did he throw? Over thirty. <laughs> Let's say you take you you take knock twenty off of those interceptions, uh-huh. and that leaves him with thirty six TDs. And let's say fifteen interceptions. Let's say uh, fifteen interceptions, five thousand yards. If that ain't MVP caliber numbers, I don't know what is. However, <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> but I'm just saying, Winston set that bar. I don't think Brady has to do that. Brady just got, has to win. I think he doesn't have to have those gaudy numbers because he doesn't. He doesn't necessarily need to. He just has to win. No, he just not have to lose games, but win some games mm-hmm. and win a division. You do that. Yeah, his numbers may not pale, may not pale in comparison slightly to uh, Winston, but he doesn't have those many, t- you know, INTs. You know, that's all he needs to do: win some games, don't throw them many INTs, and rely on your pieces to get the ball. So he's going to throw short passes. He can't throw the long ball as much as he used to anymore. We getting ready to find out if he is the system quarterback. And I've seen enough out of three. Actually, I've seen enough out of. Five Super Bowls, two daddy, three daddy lost, and two daddy won to tell me that he's still a system QB, with, which relies on a great defense. And he got one in Tampa. Hmm. So we're going to see exactly, you know, if it's him or, or in not. Now he has the weapons in Tampa Bay, but does he have the offensive line? That's the question. Yeah, that's the quick question. 
I don't know. He had but the line in New England. He just didn't have no weapons. But I think that with Fournette being added into it, it gives the additional um, insurance of, of, of protection um, because he does have that power. Um, so he will have that ability to protect. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, that's what they were thinking about bringing Fournette in to provide some of that power. Um, like you said, Shady McCoy is there um, for the speed, but they need some type of power as well. Yeah, and I'm also worried, like you said, it's about the line because at the line, you know, they always had a good line, which allowed them to run, you know, double tight ends. I mean, right. y- now you're going to have Gronk and O.J. Howard. If your offensive line is a little slight, you're going to need to keep one of them on the line to help block. So who are you going to do it, Gronk or Howard? Got to be Howard because Gronk ain't no Van <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, you know, like you said, he had the luxury of being able to have a great offensive line where you can utilize two tight ends underneath and not throw the long ball. He has some receivers so he can throw the long ball too, but if the offensive line is weak, who are you going to keep on the line to kind of, you know, to shore it up? Like you yeah. said, it ain't going to be Gronk. It's going to be Howard. Well, I will say they have an embarrassment of riches right now in Tampa Bay. I don't even know who their starting running back is, let alone you decide Shady and you're letting Fournette. <laughs> They had somebody there prior to both of them coming. <laughs> but that, that running back room just got real heavy. Uh, somebody about to get cut. And I'm pretty sure Brady was sitting over there to the boys and the, um, the owners was like, uh, give me Leonard Fournette now. <laughs> pretty, much. pretty much. And I want him to be my third down back because I'm sure he's looking at him like A.G. Dillon. Not A.G. Dillon. Um, most of it. What's the joker that they had when they had the 2,000-yard rusher way back in the day? Last name was Dylan. Um, I just can't remember his first name. Corey Dylan? No. Corey Dillon. Yeah, Corey Dylan. Okay. That was when they had that 2,000-yard rusher, and he didn't have much of a – he didn't have any wide receivers then either. Hell, I don't even think he had a – I don't even think he had tight ends back then. Yeah, whoever it is, I think he had uh, – I forget who he had, uh, Troy Brown or somebody at wide receiver at that time. But Corey Dillon was the, was the main uh, workhorse that one year, and they went to the Super Bowl. So I will say this. Tom Brady's used to winning with next to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> now you give him all of something, what can you do with it? That's the question. Uh, well, yeah, like you said, he has an, an, an embarrassment of, of riches. Mm-hmm. You know, with Tampa Bay, I mean, you know, God saves. I mean, you have Mike Evans and Chris Goodwin, you know, at your wide receivers, uh, Gronk, O.J. Howard, <laughs> Cameron Brake, who's not that bad. Um, Hold up, didn't he, get tra- didn't he get traded? Nah, he's still with Tampa Bay. Oh, is, who was it that got traded to uh, out of Tampa? It was Hooper? Hopper or whatever his name is? Austin Hooper? I think so, yeah. Yeah. But. So, yeah, uh, good old time. I mean, you gotta, <laughs> I met, you know, hell. I'm, I'm really pissed at Jacksonville for just pretty much doing a fire sale. They didn't even do a fire sale. They just gave it away. This is here. Just take the shoot. <laughs> He's like, I don't even care at this point. You know, they have nobody there. I mean, the only person they have, what, Garden Minshew. <laughs> Outside of that, Hello. everybody that was there for in the couple of first round picks over the last couple of years are gone, which sounds to me like they're 
positioning themselves as if they want to angle for the first round pick, which means to me, it doesn't sound like they have that much faith in Garden Minshew. I hear, and this is because I'm working in my basement and I got too much ESPN in my damn pocket. You probably do. <clears throat> I'm telling you, I do. <laughs> if I ain't watching CBS and then and then Maury, and I don't, and, and again, I don't know why I'm watching Maury. Maury, uh, dude, it's just on. And it's just, it's just something to look at. And then I just wonder why the hell I'm watching it. But anyway, I digress. They're talking about Jacksonville tanking for Trevor Lawrence. But then on top of that, getting Dabo Sweeney to be the coach of Jacksonville. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? It could be work very well, or it can blow up in their faces like Cliff Kingsbury with um. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Well, Arizona the Cardinals, yeah, Ooh. yeah. But then now, with yeah, Arizona's going to be a team record with year two. Give him another year. I give him another year. You think so? Colin Murray showed that he's that dude. You got to be consistent, and he's got to get a better team around him. That team, but they got the, they got uh, the wide receiver from Houston. They got no line. <laughs> they don't have a line. They have no line. <laughs> That's why I said give them another year. They got to get that line up. But they got a mobile QB. This will be right for his life. <laughs> Need I remind you how mobile QBs can get really hurt <laughs> with a subpar line? A la uh, RG3. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they and actually I'll give them a little bit better now. RG three had a slightly better had a better line than what the Cardinals got. True. <laughs> <laughs> you get you get no uh you get no uh <laughs> no argument from me. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. That'll be interesting. Um if they were to get number one, yeah, they're going either after, you know, Sunshine or Justin Fields. But Justin Fields ain't playing, you know, at least not to the spring. And then if that, if he's playing in the spring, then why play? I'm gonna put it to you like this: Big Ten football will 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 be played before Christmas. They foolish. That's just a foolish ass move right there. Foolish. Because you got a, you got the Big Ten commissioners on his knees, cupping the president <laughs> in a way that you know he's saying that you know it's a really great, great you know doing the hand motions. This is just a great, great, great opportunity that's going on between my legs right now. You know, I I ain't trying to go political with this crap, but anyway. <laughs> If the Big Ten believe that it ain't safe to play in the fall, dude, don't play. Play your ass in the spring. It won't make much of the hill of beans because none of those jokers that are stars are going to sit there and play in the spring. They're just going to declare for the draft and be done with it. And you just have some mediocre football that you're going to be playing from February to April or February to May or whatever. And then keep moving. <laughs> I mean, look at it right now. Iowa is going to play while they're hosting um, 25,000 fans and attendance and then and their next football game. It's Iowa State. Iowa State. I'm so sorry. That's Big 12. <laughs> oh, sorry. 
I digress. <laughs> I, I keep, you know what? I, I, I keep thinking that I'm, I keep thinking Iowa State is part of um, Big Ten. Here, here's the reason why I think that you might see Big Ten football before before Christmas because there was a report that the commissioners want asked for uh, a reevaluation of the report to give to the presidents to either let them know. As they said, we just want to make sure that you got your guys said is correct and we're making the right decision. So, if it's some pressure <laughs> being brought to bear, and the pressure is going to be mounted even more if you see, you know, um, SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC play football with relatively low, if no numbers going from September all the way through October, that pressure is going to mount on the Big Ten. Every week that these guys are playing and there's no, you know, quote-unquote spread or infections on the team, or at least no high rate, I should say, the pressure is going to mount up ratcheted big time for the Big Ten to try to do something. They're already talking about, oh, we might look at, at a, you know, starting football by Thanksgiving. That's a little bit of pressure. You get to October 1st, maybe let's say two, three weeks in to the football season, everyone is playing good. There's no reports. That pressure is going to be like fire before hmm. Halloween. Let me let me ask this question to both of you. you know, y'all are both dads. Y'all both had kids. But let's just assume that your children are 19, 20-year-old pro prospects for one is at Rutgers and one is in Maryland. They're not at the big-time schools, but they're good enough where they get looked at at the NFL. And they come to you and say, Dad, Dad, I want to play. You know, I, I want to take that risk because I believe that after this season, I can declare for the NFL and we can set our family up for life. With that knowledge, as a parent, would either one of you let your child play? That is a tough question, and I've, and I've thought about this name before. I don't have an answer for that. Um, my first in inclination would be like, you know, the medical reports and everything says you shouldn't, then you shouldn't, especially if, especially if the school and or the football team cannot give me enough assurances that they can create a bubble style which would be able to protect the kids that are playing, um, then... I don't know. Uh, it's, it's real tough. I mean, you know, it's you want to say no, but then you kind of want to say yes, because this is their opportunity, you know, maybe if not to, you know, to increase their, let's say, increase their draft stock, maybe their projected, you know, low fourth, maybe a good season could be get them into high three, low two. So. Um, real quick. Um, that would be a, a conversation. Um, I will only give what I prefer, but I will say this. Um, bottom line is, is that if I prefer him not to play, and that's just my opinion, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to influence it. If he plays or if he says, you know what, I think as though that I feel safer, if he gives me a reason to convince myself otherwise, then I, and let's say, for example, whatever he says, you know, I make sure that such and such, you know, that, I'll stay my distance, yada, yada, yada. 
Um, I'll give him that opportunity, but I will let him know that, hey, if you do this, me personally, you can't come back on Thanksgiving. You can't come back on, <laughs> on, on the holidays. Like, you stay there and self-quarantine for a while because you, whatever you do there, if you get contacted or whatever the case may be, if you want to live your life, that's all well and good, but you're going to self-quarantine before you come back here. That's for sure. And then we make sure that your tests come back negative, and then we'll work around that. But until then, I'm just giving you the set of rules. If you want to make that decision, this is going to be your consequences. Bottom line. I mean, that's just my opinion, but, you know. Yeah, I feel you, man. <laughs> both of you are not wrong. You know, you both both of you are saying something similar, but going in, going about it in two different ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. yep. But we can talk more about this because <laughs> we can have more polls about this, but I, the, the hour is far spent. Um, we can talk definitely more about this. Um, with the NBA playoffs still going, um, with this pandemic still going, the sport's still trying to get off running. College football's still trying to get off and running. We're going to have more conversations about this. Um, but we're up against the clock. So, fellas, let everybody know where they can reach you at. Uh, you can reach me on the Gram, Snapchat, and Twitter, J.E. Ross, the number seven. You can find me on Twitter. That's CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. You can also catch Guys Talking Sports um, on every podcast that's available. You can catch it on there. You can catch us on fm.com as well. Um, and check and catch Guys Talking Sports. Just do a search on Guys Talking Sports. We're on SoundCloud. All the podcasts out there available. Um, we will be on, we're on YouTube as well. So we'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. Appreciate all the love and support. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you, you know, send some comments. Um, we really appreciate everything out there. We have a lot to cover, and we will continue to cover, bringing more sports from our point of view. So until then, you guys take care. Catch us next time. God bless. Have a good one. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Justice for Brianna Taylor. Justice for Jacob Blake. We need a, a lot of things to happen immediately in this world today. And, and it starts with change. So let's continue to change and work our best efforts to do what we need to do to take it to that next level. So God bless. Till next time.